You're listening to the One Podcast. Matthew takes, fakes the give to LeGarrette, watch the throw, does, got a man wide open, end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! Welcome back, Michael Roberts! Hello and welcome to the One Pridecast. I'm Tori Petrie alongside the one and only Lomas Brown. We are here on week eight for episode 23 of the One Pridecast. Lomas, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The usual greeting from Lomas, as you guys are used to. So uh, we are here in week eight. We uh, talked a little bit on the postgame show about the Lions win over the Dolphins coming back from their bye. We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about the Lions facing Seattle this weekend, and we'll talk a little bit about the pride of the lions induction that's happening on sunday lomas i know you are an esteemed member of uh the lions legends group so you know some of these guys and and uh, have relationships with them so we'll talk a little bit about what you know about them uh, and of course as always we'll have our trivia at the end of the oh, episode yeah. so looking forward to it <laughs> i know you love our trivia don't you <laughs> yes i do <laughs> So that's kind of a preview of what we're going to talk about on today's episode, but we will start uh, with that game in Miami. Lomas, what do you think we learned about the Lions from that game? Well, I mean a lot. Put it this way, Coach preached mental toughness. He preached dominating, and we did a lot of that in that game. I think it's, to me, the best game from front to back, dominating, Mm. that I think the Lions have this year. I mean, in all three phases, I think we were good in there. Um, We eliminated a lot of the penalties. You know, that didn't come (laughs) back to bite us as bad. You know how I feel about that. But I thought it was a great victory. I really did. I thought it was a, a needed victory because of coming off the bye week. Uh, what the significance of the Green Bay um, victory was going to mean to this team. So it was just a lot of things going into that game because it was a lot of doubt. Everybody brought in the weather. Um, and actually, I thought the weather worked in reverse of the Dolphins. I thought those guys got tired more so than our guys did. But I just thought we came out and played well, got the lead, and was able to control the game from front to back. Of course you bring out the penalties, Lomas. Man, you know that's my pet peeve. You already know that. That's my one thing. I hope we clean up. There was one There was one important one that yes. called back a, another Kenny Galladay touchdown. That's not the first time that that's happened to him. But, of course, ended up not coming back to bite the Lions, as you said. Uh, but I, I've got a question for you. The Lions are now at 3-3. Three and three. So 500 record. Uh, we saw them start the season less than what we all expected mm-hmm. uh, from them. And now they've improved. They've won against some really good opponents they're seeming to be on a roll right now so how seriously should we be taking this success from the Lions I I think we should I mean now they've shown us they've shown us the bad now they're showing us the good I think the thing is just being consistent with it from this point out because as coach has been preaching right they're getting better now this should be the time where the team should really start getting in this groove and he said towards November December is when the team really starts climbing so if that's true then right now it's just the consistency of what they've been doing over the last couple of weeks and just continue to build on that. But it's encouraging, and especially with the the division being the way it is, there's no clear-cut leader in the division, so everyone pretty much has a chance. So to me, all the opportunities are looking ahead. The schedule gets tougher. You know, it continues to get tougher as we go along. But, again, everything is in front of the Lions right now. 
Yeah, we're almost to November, yeah. which is crazy. Just one more game exactly. this weekend against the Seahawks, and then we're ending November football. I mean, it flies. <laughs> it, everybody calls the NFL season a marathon, but it really isn't. Once you're into it, it really moves along. And now, Tori, every game becomes important right. now. Yes, every game, every game starts becoming important. Certainly. Now, a couple things about Sunday's game. Of course, we talked about this on the postgame show. Uh, we, we had a, a shorter postgame show uh, this last week, so we quickly sped through a couple topics, but we really spent a lot of time on the offense, so we'll just touch on it here. The run game has been uh, so good uh, from what we've seen from them so far. I mean, carry on Johnson in that game against the Dolphins was uh, electric to watch, and yes. of course, I know you're going to talk about those big guys <laughs> up front as you do, Lomas. Yes. Uh, what do you think of this run game well I'll let carry on do the speaking right he was saying man anytime you could go through a hole and you get through a hole and <laughs> no one touches you I mean this is this is what carry on was saying about the big guys up front so uh, they did did an outstanding job and I think what goes undetermined is a lot of times carry on presses the ball to the front side but him and Legarrett they're always looking backside and that's the one good thing that we've been doing a nice job of on the offensive line is not only at the point of attack but the backside blocking too because people don't realize how important the backside blocking the plays are mm-hmm. gives a, like I say it gives the running back another option just in case the front side in there he can look backside and we see our backs light to cut it back and they've been finding holes so yeah, I just think the guys up front, especially with TJ in there, my Elmer's <laughs> glue, because I say he makes it and holds it together. And he was back this yeah, week. That's right, exactly right. And you could just see the difference in the offensive line. They continue to perform like that and give Matthew the running game that he needs. I mean, the offense is, is no limits to the offense. So maybe you're a little bit biased, but I'm getting from you – that the run game success is mostly on the offensive line. You know, I would say <laughs> I'll give the big fellas a say if we go 100, I'll give them 60% of the oh, credit. Really? Okay. Yeah, because you I know, and it you would get, be more. yeah, but you have to get somebody to get through the holes and this scheme, some too. But I just think they've been doing a nice job of giving the running back options. And anytime offensive line is blocking that good, where a running back can look either front side or back side. They're doing a nice job. Matthew hadn't been getting hit. We've been hitting some long passes, play-action passes. So everything has been moving relatively smooth so far. It's a lot of things we can improve on. And, and Tori, we're looking from the outside in. I'm quite sure the coaches got a whole different spiel that they're saying to the players about ways that they have to improve for them to go to the next level. But from the outside in, it looks like it's moving pretty good. I mean, we've talked for months and months and really years of how the Lions need to improve this offensive line, and it seems like it's all really coming together. You know, they brought in T.J. Lang and Rick Wagner. They drafted Graham Glasgow and Mm -hmm. Taylor Decker and then Frank Ragnow, and so you finally have all five of those guys all working together, uh, and and we're seeing the production from that. But then carry on. Johnson, of course, is getting the spotlight because he's the one getting the yards. So uh, it is a balance of those two things, and I don't think uh, we should forget the offensive line and all the investments that have been made there just because carry on has just been so electric to watch because you know this this is what we've been waiting for is an offensive line who can pull this off and as you point out they're doing great in pass protection as well so they're really excelling all across the board but 
Carrion Johnson is taking advantage of those things, and he's uh, uh, you know, escaping tackles down the field as well. I, absolutely. So that's credit to him for that. You know, he might be getting through the uh, line of scrimmage untouched uh, because of the blocking, but he's making some moves happen uh, downfield as well. So I think he's been really fun to watch, and and you can't ignore the fact that he's already had two 100-yard games this season, and something the Lions have been looking for for yeah. quite a long time. And, and Tori, I bet you if you called New York and talked to that quarterback in New York about <laughs> how important the <laughs> offensive line is, I bet because Eli, all the punishing, because it, it's just a big difference when the quarterback, when you got a good offensive line in front of you, it just makes a world of difference. Talk to someone that doesn't have one in front of them. They'll let you know. <laughs> Certainly. Well, I mentioned this on Tory's take uh, this week, and as you said, a lot of credit with the offensive line, but I don't know. I think – uh, it might be fair to have Carryon Johnson in that yeah. offensive rookie of the year conversation. Uh, what do you say? Without a doubt. I mean, without a doubt, he should be. I mean, to me, I don't, I can't think off the top of my head who's having a bigger impact as a rookie, you know, especially, you know, at the running back position. So, yeah, he has to get uh, consideration uh, for rookie of year, serious consideration for that. And that comes with winning. If we keep winning, his name will continue to get out there and things will start happening, not only for him, but teammates around him. So that's the one thing. If winning, if you continue to win, things will happen for him. So, like I say, I'm hard-pressed that, you know, maybe the uh, Calvin Ridley and Atlanta, you know. Saquon Barkley is another name, of but course, he had, but his team isn't exactly. winning. Exactly, and he had, you know, he came in with the name. You know, he was the second pick in the whole draft, so he came in with the big name. But I bet production-wise, if you put Kerry on up there, maybe not in the passing game, but the run game, they're probably up there with him. So he has to be considered. Yeah, and, and he's just a fun guy to be around. Uh, great personality. Yeah, yeah, for humble. people who don't get to know yeah. these guys as much off the field, um, just something uh, something to kind of let fans in on. It's just that he's a funny guy to listen to. Uh, you know, he was joking around about the heat and how he played in it as a kid, and he was loving it in Miami. And, uh, you know, he was saying um, how usually speed isn't his strength, and so he yeah. will often get caught <laughs> from behind. And he was impressed with himself for going for 71 yeah. yards uh, <laughs> on that big run that he had, which I thought it was uh, funny and, and uh, personable of him to kind of talk about himself in jest like that. Yeah, I like him. <laughs> I like him. He is. And so uh, flipping it over to the other side of the ball, the run defense has been something that we have uh, talked about on this podcast mm-hmm. and the struggles that they've had there. I've talked about it on Tori's Take. I've talked about it on Keys to the Game, our pregame show uh, on DetroitLions.com. But I think that we saw some improvement in that area in Miami. Now, of course, there was the exception of the 54-yard touchdown run by Kenyon Drink. But right now the Lions are – averaging a league worst 5.3 yards per carry Mm -hmm. and that's something that they need uh, to get cleaned up but I thought we saw that uh, improve in Miami now we're kind of holding out for a little bit of news this week seeing where that goes Uh, Matt Patricia said on Wednesday morning that there had been some uh, uh, conversations with the Giants as he put it and uh, things were not official yet and are not official as of the recording of this podcast Uh, but We'll leave that conversation for a little bit later on. But just in Miami, (laughs) what did you think of the run defense? I I think they are improving in the run defense. Like you say, in the NFL, you you don't want to give up those explosive plays. And, you know, unfortunately, the big run was one of those plays that we gave up. But I'm looking at watching the guys, especially the defensive linemen, and I'm just watching their technique. 
from where it started at in training camp, from what they were trying to get those guys to learn in the 3-4 or this hybrid 3-4 that they call it. And, again, it's all about two-gapping, and that's hard to do. It really is. You're asking the defensive lineman to stand the offensive lineman up straight down the middle, and you're responsible for either gap that he goes in. So that's a hard thing to do. In, in the NFL, but I've seen these guys progressively get better and better throughout the week. And I, like I say, I thought Sunday was one of the best games, even from the defensive line standpoint. They were able to get pressure on the quarterback. And for the most part, they were able to stop the run game. And they, they didn't wear down, too. The conditioning paid off. Yes. Because that's the one thing, especially with your lines, that's the one thing that you'll see start happening late in games. Guys get tired, they get out of position, or they can't hold the point of attack like they were in the first part of the game. I didn't see any of that happen in the second half or late in that game. So, to me, I think they're coming in. They're, they've finally probably gotten a grasp of what coach wants, what he's looking for on the defensive line. And I think they're continuing in to get better. So, we do. We have to eliminate the big explosive run plays. But other than that, I thought they had a really, really good game down in Miami. Stafford out of the gun. Wants to give it to Carrion Johnson. Does big hole. Carrion bounces it right at the 25. It's a foot race at the 30. Carrion to the 40. To the 50. Inside of Dolphin territory. And finally taken down inside the 30. And down near the 20-yard line. Carrion Johnson found a big hole over the right side and broke that for a big game for the Lions. Football season is upon us. Don't miss the Detroit Lions take on the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday, October 28th at 1 p.m. at Ford Field. Tickets are on sale now. Call 800-745-3000 or visit DetroitLions.com. Osweiler up under center. Offset eye behind him. Deep back is Drake. Osweiler wants to throw. Going to get hit. Going to get sacked. Back inside the 35-yard line. Ricky Jean-Francois again. Well, let's start to turn the page to the week ahead. The Lions are facing the Seattle Seahawks at home at Ford Field. uh, Coming back home for the first time since uh, before the bye. So facing the Seahawks, what things do you think that they need to improve on? Uh, We heard TJ Lang talk after the game, and he said, hey, we're not really celebrating this one too much because, in our opinion, we feel like we had a lot of stuff that we could have worked on and things that we left out there on the field. I heard Taylor Decker say the same thing, too. So that's good when your linemen recognize that, too. So what do you think needs to improve off of that Miami game? Well, again, I I think with a guy like Russell Wilson coming in here, he's definitely going to challenge the edges of your defense. So – Contain is going to have to be probably our number one thing on defense, especially with him, how he likes to extend the pocket, move around in the pocket and extend plays. We're going to have to make sure you contain this guy. I don't know how coach want to do it, either spying on this guy. I don't know what coach is going to choose to do. But I know we can't lose contain with a Russell Wilson because – the receivers, he don't have the big weapons that we're used to hearing. You know, he's lost some of his guys, but he still have capable uh, receivers and Baldwin and those guys. So it's going to be a challenge for us, just like almost like Aaron Rodgers, a guy that likes to extend the play that the receivers know and they know what to do when they see him scrambling. Yes. I think that's one thing we're going to have to really, really uh, concentrate on. But again, Tori, I think every team, every offense comes in here thinking 
to establish the run against our the Lions defense. That's what I think teams want to do. Even with the good quarterbacks, I think they want to try to establish the run first because they know everything else can come off of the run. So I look for Seattle to try to establish the run, but Russell Wilson is the one guy on that offensive side that really, really should scare everyone in the room. Yeah, I think that bringing up Aaron Rodgers is a very good point because you have to do the same thing uh, with him, not as much for making plays with his legs, which he can do, but he can get out of the pocket and make some kind of broken play work. Uh, But with Russell Wilson, I think that that's important as well. And I think it's a game where, you know, they were able to do that with Aaron Rodgers. They were able to contain Aaron Rodgers, but I think it would be nice to have Ziggy back if you can get him back because that's something that he excels at. And I do think we have an advantage over their offensive line because they don't have a very good offensive line. That's one of the woes in Seattle, too, is they don't have a very good offensive line. So, again, we should have an advantage from from a defensive line standpoint against them. And Ziggy would, oh, that would be just, man, that would be, you just, that would be a franchise. <laughs> he got the franchise tag. It's adding the franchise player back, okay? Even if it's in name, he's that supposed to be that type of player. So that's the type of player you're talking about bringing back, not just a regular player. You're talking about bringing back a franchise player. Well, we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, he was limited in practice again uh, midweek this week. So we'll see what ends up happening with Siggy. Obviously, he practiced last week. We thought there might be a possibility he yeah. played in Miami, and then he didn't. But the Lions did get TJ Lang back, uh, and it looks like he's uh, good to go. So uh, that was nice. We did see him rotate a little bit with uh, Kenny Wiggins, with Wiggins yeah. in there. But uh, I think that was probably a lot of uh, heat control exactly. type thing. Uh, conditioning and and Tory Kenny does a nice job when he gets in there. It's not, it's not a big fall off, you know. But TJ is the guy. But I'm I'm happy to see that, and I know that's what the Lions want to do is keep adding depth. But he does a nice job, Kenny Wiggins, when he gets in the game. Yeah, definitely. No, no, uh, no hate on Kenny Wiggins. No, there for not sure. at all. Uh, so. One of the big things that's happening this weekend in the game against the Seahawks is that it is the Lions' homecoming game, and they are having a big halftime ceremony to induct three guys into the Pride of the Lions, which is the Lions' uh, ring of honor. And I know it's a really big deal around Detroit. A lot of those Lions legends are going to be back in town to celebrate. There's a lot of events going on this weekend. I'm sure you'll be part of them, well, Miss. (laughs) Absolutely. So those three guys are Herman Moore, Roger Brown, and Alex Carey. Harris. Lomas, I know Herman's probably the one that you know the best out of that group. What's your relationship like with him? I mean, you know, he's, I have to say, one of my closest friends now. You know, I talk to Herman pretty much almost on a daily basis now. And it's just good the way our relationship developed because it really wasn't like that when we played together. But it's gotten uh, stronger, you know, since we've been out the game. And I guess that happens when you get older. You get softer and, you know, you let your feelings down a little bit. You can express yourself a little bit more. But Herman's a great guy, a great businessman. That's one thing I don't know if people realize how smart Herman is, man. He's a really, really smart guy. You know, he has, he's involved in a lot of different things. And him and Angie, his wife, have been together, man, since he got here, you know. And before that, 
um, wonderful. So, you know, I don't have nothing but great things to say about him. He has his two sons that he raised to be a respectable men. Herman's a, a great guy in the community here. He does everything he can in the community here. So, you know, he's been nothing but an assets in the state of Michigan, for the state of Michigan. And you're talking about a receiver. Now, I'm telling you, I, I'd say this to everybody, and they say I'm biased, but I'm telling you, best hands, best hands, best <laughs> route runner that I was, I've ever been around. Best hands and best route runner I've ever been around. So, you know, Herm is a great guy, and, you know, he, and like I say, he continues to do a lot for the Lions and in the community. Yeah, I mean, you guys both stuck around here, made yeah. this your home, and you're both in broadcasting. So it really, yeah. really makes sense that you'd uh, reconnect after after your playing days were over. I'm curious why the offensive lineman wasn't close friends with the receiver when you guys man, were man. You know here. those guys are divas. <laughs> they divas. Come on, you can't. You know we're we're down to earth guys. Right. Offensive linemen. Oh. They, they, and of course, you know Odell, all those diva wide receivers. <laughs> so Herman fell in there. He was he was sort of a diva when he was here. So you know we don't deal with divas. So he's dropped this diva tag. So now I could deal with him, not Tori. Well, you said plenty of nice things about him on uh, the feature that went on the Lions website. Uh, they kind of did a little spotlight on Herman and, and his playing years and you were in there saying nice things about him so it's fun to yeah. see that it's fun <laughs> to hear you talking about talk about those guys and, and their days here yeah it is it really is and you know with the, again you talked about Roger Brown and now I'm getting the chance to know him over the last probably like five years and you know I get to share some stories with him and talk about how it was back when they were playing and see you know and how much bigger he was I mean he <laughs> they said he was one of the biggest men in the NFL when he played and now to see him and he's 190 pounds it's just amazing to see him and like I say you know it's a lot of things that Rogers doing back in the Baltimore area has as a bar and everything so it's great getting reconnected with him and you know with Alice Karras that's one guy that I wish I would have got a chance to meet Tori sure. you know you just heard so many things about him and you know read so many things being a Detroit Lion about the guy and of course I remember from Webster you know that's when he had the little TV sitcom but <laughs> he was you know from what I heard just a great player and not like I said I wish I'd have got a chance to meet him and stuff you well, know and it's cool that his family is going to get a yeah. chance to receive that honor for him so yeah. it'll definitely be a special day yeah it will Sunday. it will and that's an honor growing up in there and and look at the names that are already up in there yeah. and the thing about it, I told Herman when he old and he can't walk his kids could come up in there and see that yeah. so yeah so you know so it, it's a great honor and you know and they should be thrilled with getting that honor what is that bond like between guys who have played for this team you know there's a group of Lions legends we call them you guys have get togethers a lot of you work in the community together you go to different appearances but then you have events like this uh that are reunion events and you get to honor uh some of the greats that maybe you didn't play with but you know about right. because you played here what's that bond like I mean it's great because you it's almost like you're back in the locker room again but you're <laughs> back in the locker room with different guys you know not the guys different that, generations exactly of guys. but it's fun to see how everybody almost talk about 
about the same things. Some of the th- same things happen in their locker room. They happened in our <laughs> locker room. Some of the same experiences they went through, we went through. So it, it, it's it's refreshing to see that and see and hear that from these guys. And of course, most of the stuff they did was in Detroit. Everything we did was in Pontiac. So, you know, they would tell us the big difference between being down there and being out in the suburbs, how we were. So it's a lot of things you learn, especially from Lim Barney. That's the man. Man. I love Lim. Yeah, I mean, Pockets, that's my guy that I love <laughs> Lim, too. How can you not love Lim Barney? But man, You have to. Always you? got a smile on his face. Absolutely. Yep, you were so right. <laughs> so I love, and Lim, man, like I say, he shared so many things with me that it's just, like I say, it was the heyday when they were around here. Marvin Gaye, that's when Motown was going strong. He talks about all the stuff like that. So it was great. It's, it'd be great to hear that. And I get to see Lim at church every Sunday, yeah. too. So Oh, That's y'all go to the same church? We do. Oh, wow. We do. Yeah. We do. Has so. he preached? Have you heard him preach yet? I haven't. I would love to yeah, hear that. Yeah, because he's, he's an ordained minister. Okay. So, yeah. So, he preaches, too, sometimes. Yeah. Man of many talents. Yeah, it is. Many talents. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, it, it's going to be cool to uh, have all, all of you guys get together on Saturday, and yes. we'll do a little bit of coverage of all of the alumni legends events that are happening this weekend, uh, and, of course, the... Uh, ceremony that happens at halftime during that homecoming game so uh if there are lions fans out there who are interested in the history and uh just how many different players have played here over the years there will be so many of them at sunday's game so it certainly will be a good one to be at and uh, i'm looking forward to it i am too i can't wait it's gonna you know it's tori it's gonna be a whole bunch of lies swap you know because i'm telling the older the the older you get the better you were so you know so i'm i tell them guys I blocked like three guys on one play, ran down and beat Barry in the end zone. So, you know, yeah. So the older you get, the better you were. (laughs) Sounds believable to me. (laughs) One more question for you on the topic of of, uh, the Lions legend stuff that's happening this weekend. I wonder what is your favorite Herman Moore memory? Oh, let's see. The favorite. Well, my favorite one is when he first got here as a rookie. And they hadn't, they didn't know that he had the wrong contact lenses prescribed for him. So his first preseason game, they threw him a short 10 yard route and he dropped it. And me and Kevin Glover looked at each other like, okay, this is the first round pick. All right. <laughs> and then a couple of plays later, they threw an out route to him, a short route, and he dropped it again. And me and Kevin Glover really looked at each other like, what in the world? <laughs> Tory, he dropped three passes. So on his way back to the huddle, he got some choice words that, you know, we, this is PG. He got some choice <laughs> words from me and Kevin Glover. Come to find out he was prescribed for the wrong contact lenses. They finally got his contact oh lenses prescribed right. And like they say, the rest is history. But we were thinking, man, they just blew a 12. I think he was a 12 pick in the draft. We were like, man, I think the Lions got this wrong. That's what me and Kevin Glover <laughs> were saying, but he proved us wrong in the end. Oh, man, and he got all that uh, He got all that crap from you guys. Yeah. It wasn't even his fault. I know it wasn't. I guess he couldn't see. I'm like, wait a minute, but how you walk around with the wrong contact lenses in, Tori? That's another, I know that's another story for another day. Well, I'll talk to Herman about that. <laughs> I'm sure there will be many conversations had uh, this weekend (laughs) and I hope you guys have a great time so enjoy that 
So to close out, we've got to we've got to get to our trivia, okay. of course, very important. Mm-hmm. And last week's trivia ended up being very relevant. I need to know the answer to that once we get off air. I want to know because I was interested in that. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell oh, on all air right. okay. the answer all right. because you know we've already accepted submissions okay. uh, for the answer to that trivia question because it was about the hottest game yes. in Lions history. I told told everybody that per Pro Football Reference that the hottest game uh, was in Arizona, and I asked for the year and the temperature, and it was 89 degrees, and it was in Arizona, okay. and it was 1999. Oh, and that so was, the hottest, that was wow. the hottest game in Lions history. Wow. Guess what the temperature was at kickoff in Miami? Oh, that that had the top it, Tori. It was eighty nine, so it tied it. Are you serious? Wow, that felt that felt worse. Well, you got to think humid heat. Yes, there in, you go. At, at eighty nine degrees versus that Arizona dry heat at eighty nine degrees. Wow. So you know, I'm kind of that's curious because all the years we played in Tampa and that was the hottest. Eighty nine was the hottest. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So Sunday's game tied a franchise record wow. for hottest game in Lions history. Well, I was glad I was in the booth. I did not <laughs> want to play that game, so I was glad I was in the booth. I know. I it spent, felt hot. I spent as much time in uh, <laughs> in uh, indoors as yes. I could. But shout out to all the fans that came out to that game. There were so many fans on the road, and they were all in the sun with the players. It was hot. I'm glad you brought that up. And did you see the one time with uh, Shed came off, and he got them riled up? Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> took over the stadium i was <laughs> impressed with the lions fans you're right they came out there was so many lion fans down there so it was nice and like i said it sounded like it was home field advantage for us especially towards the end of the game now i will say being a native floridian that that isn't all too uncommon right. at sports games <laughs> in florida there for some reason are typically a lot of away fans right. at uh, sports games in florida whether it's because it's a nice destination for people to circle on on the calendar and be like all right if i'm picking an away game i'm gonna pick one in florida <laughs> or if there just are a lot of transplants in florida which i think is true i think that's true too yeah, yeah. so typically away teams travel well when yes. it comes to games in florida but it was very evident uh in that game and the petri family was back there yeah. <laughs> they were in those seats in the sun so uh, it was a hot one. I yeah. definitely received the report afterwards of how hot it was yeah. sitting sitting up there in the stands on the same sideline that the players were on just in the sun the whole time. Man, I know. They, they were troopers, man. And they had on the blue uniforms too, man. I was just wondering why we couldn't wear our gray uniforms. I wonder which one is hotter, though. I, th- I would think blue would be. Don't you think dark attracting the heat over there in that hot? That's what I thought. I mean, I would think that. but And then what about the human shields? Oh, shout out to those guys. Yeah, that man. was not an easy job. I know Matthew said he was going to have to take care of them guys because yeah. you know they got some <laughs> lat work in that day. They but, yeah, did. I they had did. never seen that before. Just holding those shades over their head. <laughs> and, of course, a couple people have asked me about this. Uh, why didn't they just have stands holding them up? Why did it have to be people? You can't have sideline structures on the sideline. So there's rules about what you can have on the sideline and what you can't. Uh, it's considered a safety hazard to have actual structures there. So if somebody were to come off the sideline and run into one of the poles holding up some sort of shade, okay. that that's not allowed on the sideline. So that's why it had to be people I holding it over their the heads the same whole day. thing. Okay, I wondered the same thing because I had never seen that before, and I know it had never happened before us before. 
Uh, okay, that's interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you learn something every day. People who listen to this podcast, I think they learn a lot. There you right? go. Hey. They would have known about the record-setting temperature yeah. if they listened to this <laughs> podcast. And the Lions Twitter account tweeted that out afterwards. They so said, somebody did somebody win that, though? Did someone get it right? I believe so. Oh, all right. I okay. believe so. All right, then. Somebody who's good at looking things up on Pro Football <laughs> Reference. Or good at remembering temperatures. I don't know. Either one. So we'll get to this week's uh, trivia question. Of course, as you guys know, we do something that's in theme with that week's game. The Lions are playing Seattle on Sunday. So here's this week's trivia question. Who was Seattle's leading receiver in the last game the Lions and Seahawks played at Ford Field? So not the last game the Lions and Seahawks played. We're not talking in Seattle. We're saying last game at Ford Field between the Lions and Seahawks. Who was the leading receiver for Seattle in that game? Mm. So I need you guys to give me a player name for that one. You thinking over there, Lomas? Yeah, I am. Wheels <laughs> are spinning over here. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, make sure you give us that answer to that trivia question. Tweet it to at Lions, and you could win an autographed prize. We send those out to the winners of our trivia uh, questions every week. So we're looking forward to hearing who gets this one right this week. So make sure you tweet us. Don't forget it. Make sure to also rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Thanks yes. so much, guys. We appreciate you listening every week, and we'll see you next week.